Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. As Bernie Sanders has established himself as a viable candidate to win the nomination for the Democratic Party, the screams of socialists are ramping up. Today we are joined by a man with a self-proclaimed libertarian socialist perspective who can tell us a little bit about democratic socialism and why socialist programs such as Social Security are some of the most popular programs across all voting blocks. Coming up next on the Spent the Rent podcast, from Social Advance, Alan Zundel. Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today from Social Advance is Alan Zundel. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Patty. I'm glad to be here. So this is a true honor. I appreciate you doing this, uh, you know, and uh, you've been under the weather. So doing this, we almost had to push it back a week and I, I really appreciate you pushing through. We haven't met in person until now, and this is this is quite an honor because I've been following you a little bit through, <laughs> well, thank you. through some different things. You know, social media is funny how it's bringing people of different generations together, uh-huh. and politics in, in Lane County, I've been noticing a lot of that, where there's people that are, like, I, I've admired some of the stuff that you've said, uh, especially on, like, the Oregon uh, R.I. Revolution Lane County, that you'll chime in on that, and you've you've been very open to some ideas of younger generations like uh, you know you want to hear them out so that mm-hmm. we can work together and whatnot and so you're talking about discussions on the uh, facebook page for our revolution yeah. yeah yeah and it's been really cool you know to see some of the things and you and then lee jones who i had on before uh older gentleman older musician he he's a character because he's he's progressive thinking and he's trying to kind of learn about what the younger crowd's about and i think mm-hmm. that's that's really cool you know well, it's funny how things come around though things that were once radical tend to go off the map and then come back in another generation. Absolutely. And then I'm sure it's just like anything trends. It's like things come and go and then come back around. So it's not like anything that's happening is new, uh-huh. you, know, you know, so to speak. So. Just like uh, hairstyles. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, and I know that all, all too well being a barber. So um, for my listeners that aren't familiar with, with who you are, uh, this is Alan Zundell. And so you are known for a few things. Uh, one of the big things you're involved with is social advance. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I don't know if it's a big thing, but it's a big part of my time. It started out, well, I had, I'd been a Democrat most of my life and uh, made a few stabs at getting involved, but you don't have a lot of influence in a big party like that, and you can't really steer the ship at all in a direction you like if you're not happy with the way it's going. And I wasn't happy from the time of Bill Clinton onward. Uh, So I joined the Green Party, and as a minor party, there's so many obstacles to actually winning elections that it seems futile. So I tried to come up with another idea for how to engage in politics, especially electoral politics, without 
being part of a party or without necessarily uh, directing your efforts to a party's organization. So Social Advance is really supposed to be an organization that is sort of like a party in that it has a platform and a particular point of view on uh, political economy and tries to help people in their electoral efforts, but without a party ballot line and without people having to register with that as their party. They can be registered in any party. So be, speaking of uh, registration, uh, what do you think about people that, because in Oregon it's a closed primary, so you can only mm-hmm. vote in the party that you're registered under. And I've been really working telling college students, uh, you know, you can register as a Democrat even if you despise the party, you know. So you've said that you were working with the Green Party and, you know, did you – what do you think about that? Should we work towards open primaries? Uh, Sure, but even more so work towards people not having to register with a party at all. Just the party affiliation. Yeah, you you don't have to have it. There's some states that don't require that. And then you just choose whatever primary you want to be involved in. Right. Because, you know, that – a lot of times, ah, oh man, the whole system, it just leaves people behind. And so if, for, as it currently sits, if people, um, you know, don't register as a Democrat or a Republican, yeah. they can't say, and then they're stuck with the two people that, you know. Yeah, the only people who have a realistic chance of winning are the two major party candidates. And in some districts, it's only one major party candidate right. because the way the districts are drawn and because people do what's called geographic sorting. People that live in urban areas tend to vote Democratic. People in rural areas tend to vote Republican. Right. And then, you know, with star voting, that's something I've been, I've talked about a lot. That is one of the things I worry about with star voting is that if it does away with the primary, then you're going to be stuck with two candidates of one party. But like you're saying, you'd like to do away with the the parties altogether. Mm -hmm. Well, star voting can be done in different ways for uh, partisan elections because right now we are targeting nonpartisan elections, which means there's no party labels. Uh, And for uh, nonpartisan elections in Oregon right now, it's a top two system rather than, you know, uh, party Exactly. Party people. So star voting, you could use it in the primary to choose each party's candidate, and then you could use it in the general election where there are candidates from the various parties. So now what are you doing for this as it sits right now? Are you still registered in Green Party? No, I was. I left the Green Party in 2017, I think, and uh, became non-affiliated once again, which I had been right. for a while before that. And uh, recently rejoined the Democratic Party because I'm encouraged by the traction Bernie Sanders is getting and I want to be able to vote for him in the primary. And if he manages to get the nomination and win the general election, um, the Democratic Party will be a place where you can maybe get things done for a change. Right. And I 100 percent agree. And that's kind of what I was getting at, because I'm a huge Bernie Sanders supporter and have been since before he even announced his run in the last round. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to convince people that that's what they have to do, that they have to register as a Democrat this time around so that you can vote in the primary. And I've told college kids so that I'm not being pushy about party affiliation. I've told them, like, you know, you can you can look at who the incumbent is and register as the opposing party if you want to change it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're fine with it, then obviously you don't have to do anything. But so, um, you know, we we're going to talk a little bit about libertarian socialist perspectives, because you had told me that that's kind of where you see yourself Mm -hmm. fall. And so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Let's talk about, you know, on your social media, it's social advance is where you uh, share a lot of the stuff. But your show that you do, it's a, is it a weekly show? It's called Oregon News and Views. Mostly weekly. 
And then that's with, is it Charles Dunaway? Charles Dunaway is my co-host. Yeah. So those are really cool. And I encourage anyone listening to check it out. Um, I'm going to have links to the Social Advance Facebook page. And that's where you'll find the YouTube posts about Oregon News and Views. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about what you do with Oregon News and Views. Well, the idea of that was, first of all, when we started Social Advance, it was just a few of us. And it gave us something to do. Sure. (laughs) And I think one of the biggest things a party or a political organization can do is... uh, educate people about what's going on, give them information. Um, and there wasn't a lot of uh, sources for good information on what was going on at state level politics. Uh, so we decided to do that. Um, mostly following the legislature when it's in session, letting people know what's going on. We're particularly interested in particular issues like electoral reform and climate change things. Right. Um, but also in between the times legislature is in session, we look at the political campaigns in Oregon to let people know who's running and what their chances are and you know what their positions are. And starting to do some interviews, we'll be doing more as it gets closer to the primary elections. I've noticed that on your website, you've got a lot of interviews and you've got people from across the board that you've interviewed and that's really cool. Yeah, we've got a few, but uh, we started out with people that wouldn't have been interviewed anywhere else. Well, that's kind of what I do. You know, That's yeah. something that I really started this with the intention of, I say, to get exposure for the underrepresented, but that's a large umbrella, you know, Mm -hmm. to where it could be, to me, I I mean, my last interview was with a guy that runs a hot dog cart, you know, and and so it's really neat, and that's why I really appreciate people like you coming on and doing this, because it shows your true sense of community, it shows that you appreciate people across the board, and I mean, this is a small thing, but it's growing, it's getting traction, and I'm sure you know by creating Oregon News and Views, it's sometimes you're like, why am, am I even, am I, is, it worth, is it worth doing this? <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work and doing videos crazy and, and, and the amount of effort that goes into it. I do like what you guys are doing because there's such a need for local information that is lacking. Mm-hmm. You know, the mainstream news on is just at this point, and you know, it's all owned by Sinclair Media now. So it's just. You know the pumpkin patch. That's what they talk. That's what they talk about. That's the reference I always use. Well, part of it came because we were disappointed when the Register Guard here in Eugene got sold. Right. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of good news in yeah. that either. In either direction, either meaning of the term. Uh, we don't cover a lot of local news in the terms of city and county and stuff like that. It's more statewide. We have ambitions to do more, but we'll see if we ever get to that point. Right. So it's cool that you, uh, what you guys do. And like I said before, if you're listening to this, uh, click on, uh, in the show notes, the link to the Facebook page or to the website, which is socialadvance.org. So we'll talk about that a lot throughout the show. So let's get into what you had told me about, uh, you, you kind of harbor a libertarian socialist perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Well, briefly, it means that I don't really trust big government or big business. <laughs> right. And it puts me in a place where I don't fit into either of the major parties very easily um, or a lot of other political positions. Although I'm finding that there are actually a lot of younger people who have found that label to be something they're compatible with as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's I thought it was so neat when you had said that, that that was kind of, I don't know if the label is right, but that's where you consider yourself to fall mm-hmm. because... I think that's the majority of America. It could be. You know, you know, and what we need to do is find ways that we can come together and look at we, what we agree on. Because, you know, if somebody's listening and they're not familiar with what a libertarian is, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say that to them about what a libertarian is? Well, you want minimal government, just enough government to do what absolutely needs to be done. 
uh, and different people argue about what what the most important roles for government are, but I think it's a lot bigger than it has to be right now. On the other hand, the socialist side is important because most libertarians would say we want minimal government but still a capitalist structure for the economy. And a libertarian socialist would say we want a socialist structure for the economy and minimal government. Now, a lot of people would say, how, how can you have a minimal government and a socialist structure? Because they think that socialism is all about nationalization of exactly. industry. Yes. Yeah, and it's not. It's about workplace democracy. It's about workers actually controlling the workplaces that they uh, it's, do their productive it's like, work in. The way that I look at it, it's like an investment. So I had mentioned briefly, and we weren't going to go into the weeds on talking about Social Security, but the <laughs> thing with Social Security is it's not an entitlement. It's an investment. Correct. You know, so. Uh, well, technically it's an entitlement, but people, the word entitlement has different meanings. Sure. And I mean, some of these buzzwords have gotten such negative connotation mm -hmm. that that's the issue. A lot of times it's like, why is it entitlement such a terrible thing? It's like, you know, we live in such a wealthy capitalist society. Yeah. Why shouldn't we be entitled? But to people things? don't want to feel like they're entitled because it sounds like you're you think you're privileged, like you have more rights than somebody else. Right. But what entitlement means in a policy sense, why they call it an entitlement, is because you have a legal right to that money. Right. You pay it into the system, you get it back. And it's a protection, and it's an insurance, yeah. you know? And so, so I'm a firm believer and supporter of Medicare for All, and I've talked to some libertarians that surprisingly support the concept because I think that they're not really... Like, you know, you'd said it's about small government, but I think they also are really focused on not waste and bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. So they're basically looking at it and you hit it on the head when you had mentioned about how, um, with socialist perspectives, like how to run the economy with a socialist mentality that it, it, you can be done with minimal government because we're not talking about socialized medicine. We're not talking about the doctors being government yeah. employees. And that's one of the big misconceptions that, you know, with Bernie Sanders's plan, it's how we're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, the doctors will be nationalized, you know, national, uh, well, how we're going to pay for it shouldn't be that big of an issue either because it actually would cost less money over time. Right. Because you take out the profits, you take about the administrative overhead and all that. Uh, but it is one of those areas where government makes sense because for health insurance, you have to have the largest risk pool possible. Right. Otherwise, each company is trying to cherry pick the healthiest people. Right. So, I mean, I, I just, I think Bernie Sanders has done good selling it but i also think sometimes it needs to be dumbed down to the point it's like okay if you don't if you guys don't like saving money that's on you because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to be cheaper mm -hmm. you know and i mean i think maybe he's learned from obama that he doesn't want to make promises that he can't keep like when obama said you know you're you won't have to change your doctor and it and it uh, and it was this i mean it's such a in the long run i think that today obamacare has been a lot better than what people initially had thought, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's I, a lot of advantages to it over what was before. And we're in such a difficult, this is going to be such a tough run because with Trump, he's literally saying now that he created the, <laughs> that he was the one that made pre-existing conditions. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going to do all these things. You're, I mean, during the 2016 election, he <laughs> said that he would make your health care under a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, so he says all kinds of things. So it's, how do you combat that? You know, people that are just bold face lying. <laughs> I mean, that's the, you know, that's the age old yeah, that's question. Been, yeah, it's been going on in politics for a long time, but he's taken it to a new height. Right. He? Uh, I don't know how you combat that because people don't really care that he, people who support him don't care that much that he's lying. 
That's what it seems like. It's more that they they like what they think he is doing and what he stands for. And really, it's a, a, a stick and a finger in the eyes of the people they think of as their enemies. Yeah, and that's why I, I'm intrigued by your libertarian socialist stance, because a lot of people want to see it burn down. You know, they just the they, system, the yeah. system, you know, they just want to see it burn. And it seems like you're not giving up. You know, you're like, how can we do this within the framework of a, of a society with a government? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's something I respect. Uh so that's cool to know that you have gone through the whole registration thing, even though it's probably hard when you see that name next to your name on your registration that says Dem- <laughs> Democrat, because I'm with you. And, and we know now, I mean, there's all this talk about in the Democratic primary blue, no, no matter who. And then, I mean, we haven't seen what they're going to do yet. Yeah, well, you have <laughs> you know? to, I think you have to get over the mentality that because I register as a Democrat, that gives me a particular identity. hundred percent. Because it's really a public institution now. It's not, a, they try to make themselves to be both private and public. So private, so they can do whatever they want and public so that they can monopolize the electoral system. Right. But it's a public institution. It's just like you have a right to vote. Well, you have a right to be a Democrat, even if you don't agree with their platform or you don't want to uh, vote for their candidates all the time. Right. And it's just tough because I've talked a lot on this show. You know, on uh, March 8th, we're going to be doing a Super Tuesday recap. And I'm bringing a good friend of mine. His name is Patrick Miller. And he talks a lot about how we need to win the moderate vote. And I'm like, I don't think there is a moderate vote in America. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's the extremes. You know, I mean, it's like one's extreme or the other. It's like... Uh. I, I don't think it exists anymore. Uh-huh. So we found that, like I just mentioned, that we can persuade people to who consider themselves to be libertarian. We can persuade them to to look at Medicare for all because it's cost effective yeah. and, and stuff like that. And so I, don't, I just don't know this. Well, there's not enough points of view being represented in the mainstream political discourse. Right. Yeah, there's very few points of view. And everybody else feels outside of that, like, this hasn't worked, this hasn't worked, and that's all you talk about. Right. So why don't we try something different? What do you think about Andrew Yang? I like him. I mean, I think he brings something to the table. No, I'm not talking about winning any necessarily or getting your uh-huh. vote. I'm just talking about, like you just said, bringing different people to the table. Well, I'm a big fan of the universal basic income. Yeah. I like universal programs to help people rather than programs that are focused on particular needs. Because those end up, uh, when you say you can only get this if you're poor or if you're sick or whatever, it makes it very hard for people to qualify. You have to have a whole bureaucracy to sort out who's deserving of it and who's not. And they make mistakes. There's people on it who don't deserve it, which discredits the program. And there's people who get kicked off that should be on it just because it's hard for them to meet all the qualifications. They have to do a lot of paperwork and that kind of thing. See, that's what I've always said. My argument against libertarian... um, the, the a libertarian way of thinking is that there's a lack of safety nets. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what you were talking about with having, uh, you know, libertarian socialism. It would be, there's more safety nets. Well, I mean, for me, you know, there's a lot of different libertarian perspectives out there. Sure, I just 100%. like the term because it kind of fits me better it's, than the rest. Sure. Um, but the two things I'd like to see is a universal basic income and universal health insurance. Yeah, me too. So with those two things, I mean, what else? Do you Are have? you uh, familiar with the rebate that they've been talking about in Lane County? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, a- Antonio Gilbert is a guy that I think I is involved. I was actually going to have him on this episode, and I, I got tied up. And I, Well, I was going to have him call. We have a way to take uh-huh. calls because I thought it might kind of tie into what we're talking about. I just talked to him the other day. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to have him on at some point. And uh, James Barber, who I'm very closely w- involved with, with, yeah, I know James too. Yeah, James is a really good guy. 
and but he introduced me th- to Antonio through social media, and I. So can you do you know enough to talk on it about the rebate? What that is? Uh, the general idea is you you put in a tax on big businesses, and that money is rebated per capita. So it's essentially kind of similar to some of the things that Andrew Yang has proposed. Yeah, it is. Where it's, uh, you know, value-added tax or whatever, right? It is would that... be, uh, I'm not sure what the tax mechanism is. It's something like that. It's percentage of um, business activity or something. Uh, but it slightly raised taxes on some bigger companies, and then that money would be given an equal shares to each person who yeah. is an organ. See, because I've talked to people that have that are more conservative that – um, talk about Alaska <laughs> and Alaska because yeah. the oil they pay the people and the yeah. people not in it it's here comes that word again entitlement because that these <laughs> people are like I deserve it though and it's like well how do they deserve it <laughs> just by existing in that state once, once you start getting something you feel like you deserve it. <laughs> and I'm not saying that they don't I think they do uh-huh. I think they totally do because you know, with something like the oil in Alaska, I'm sure that it's you're getting paid for the destruction to our planet. Well, the <laughs> you know, the you idea know. is who who owns the resources under the land? Is, right. It, can it be privatized or do we all have a right to it? Right. And that's where we've, you know, that's where the Republican Party has lost libertarians, you mm-hmm. know, in my opinion. And I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I can't believe I would defend a Rand Paul. But, <laughs> but, but every once in a while, there's crossover. With uh-huh. with values that someone like Rand Paul would would say, and the reason that I I respect conviction, I respect when people say they're going to do things and then they follow through with mm-hmm. it. And we're not going to talk about impeachment, but there's one thing that I do want to mention <laughs> about Murkowski that her argument was: I would, I know it's wrong what he did. I know that I probably should vote for witnesses, but we know that the trial is going to end without uh-huh. any change. So let's just go ahead and accept it. Yeah, why well, like, draw it out? <laughs> that is the most lame, weak-willed stance I've ever seen. It sounds like an excuse. Yeah. And so, you know, I really, really hope that the framework in the covering, or the media covering this mm-hmm. gets those people ele- uh, you know, out of office. We live in office. very perilous times, in my, my opinion. Yeah. And, I mean... You know, you've been around longer than me and you've seen different things. I've, there's, I've only, I was born during the Reagan administration and to uh-huh. a lot of people that was when it was the beginning of the decline. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> well, it happened before that. It happened in the 70s and that's what brought Reagan to power. People yeah. generally, uh, this is really a democratic story that Reagan started everything going downhill. <clears throat> but a lot of Reagan's uh, positions were foreshadowed by Jimmy Carter. He started the deregulation process. He, you know, the Federal Reserve changes policies under Jimmy Carter. It was already going in a more conservative direction. And that's because the economy wasn't performing well in the 70s. Right. So Reaganism was a response to an economy that wasn't performing well. And he, I mean, the way that I've understood it, he used the same slogan, make America great again. <laughs> I don't and, remember that, but... Well, that's, I mean, literally it uh, was... America, morning for America is what yeah, I Yeah, something like that. And then, but I mean, he had a lot of crossover... Appeal. He was a very I, popular president. Yeah, my dad makes the whole, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic <laughs> the Party lo- left me. Yeah. You know, because I think that at a time... I it, mean, I, I liked Reagan as a person. He was very nice. Uh, he seemed like a nice guy, but his policies, to me, I disagreed with almost all of them. Right. And that's a lot of times where we're at today, which is so crazy, is that people were like, that support Trump, they're like, I don't like, I don't care about him as a human being. I'm like, how could we have a leader... <laughs> That you don't care about, yeah. you know, it's just beyond me. So, um, 
I think that's a lot of what I wanted to talk about with with uh, Oregon News and Views. What did what do you think is the biggest challenge of it all? Uh, just having the energy to keep doing it week right. after week. Um, that that's a big part of it because what I originally envisioned is not necessarily how it turned out. I was thinking that we'd have people in different parts of the state covering different parts of the thing, like putting like a, videos like a the crew, camera. basically. So you'd get yeah, you just shoot things on your smartphone and oh, then yeah. you upload the footage and we can incorporate it into the show. Um, but that's kind of something that would be a long term project. Um, really, what we're hoping to do this year is get more uh, members. Yeah, it. and that depends a lot on what happens in the presidential election. Where, where people are available because if Bernie loses the nomination, there's going to be a heck of a lot of people looking for something else to do right. and looking for possibilities outside the party system. Uh, if he does get the nomination, well, that's a different matter. People will be more engaged in that general election. Sure. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of contingent on the larger political forces, what we actually end up doing, but we're hoping to build the membership this year and do things more electorally like helping candidates and, uh, promoting candidates. I think that a call to action a lot of times through social media could get people to engage like that, to get people filming, mm -hmm. you know, and then you build close relationships where people prove that what they're, the content that they're filming is, is useful, you know, yeah. you know, and well, the thing is to give people something useful to do where they think they're you know, making a difference involved in engaged. it. You know, we had mentioned James Barber and he just got back from Iowa yeah. and pretty wild. Uh, he posted a video that he, had a personal connection and had a few minutes with Jane Sanders. And yeah, I saw that. That was pretty touching, you know, uh -huh. just, just his emotion and how much he's put into it. And there's a lot of people that, uh, especially younger people that are, are so engaged um, in the Bernie Sanders campaign mm -hmm. that it's it's really interesting. It reminds me a lot of the 60s. Yeah. I, I was a teenager in the 60s and there was a lot of political, you know, upheaval and people engaged, young people very engaged, mostly because of the Vietnam War, but also a lot of cultural change. Right. And of course, everything kind of crashed in 1968. There were assassinations and a Democratic convention was a big riot. <laughs> I can't imagine 1968. I can't imagine... That was the same year that Martin Luther King was killed yeah. and Robert Kennedy. Yeah. And Robert Kennedy, if if you're listening and you're not a political person, I'm sure you're not listening at this point. <laughs> no, but <laughs> we lost but, the argument. Right. No, but it, I've I've just gone on YouTube and like typed in because I was born in '82, so I I've typed in you know Robert Kennedy speeches mm -hmm. and man, like that guy was something special. Yeah, he he went through a big evolution during his political career, as short as it was. And sometimes I tend to, in my own mind, find that I make concessions to a more of a because people are like, oh, he was pretty conservative for the party or whatever. And I'm like, that's not always a bad thing. It's like <laughs> we need to find ways that something can be working for all of he us. He was very progressive towards the end of his life. Yeah. And, and when, that's because he had firsthand contact with poor people like yeah. down in Appalachia right. and in the cities. And when you have that, uh, that's part of what made me who I am. I lived in uh, downtown Detroit for a while and yeah, worked with people who were very poor. I saw you had talked about that living in Detroit. What are some of the things, I mean, I know that you've had quite a few different uh, areas that you've worked and done and done stuff. You worked as a professor, is that true? I did for a while, yeah. And then you ran for Secretary of State. Uh, when, Green when, Party. Green Party. When yeah. was th when was that? 2016. Okay, so that was that was I should have done my research. No, but so how did that run go and what did it teach you? I mean, well, the main thing I was trying to do is promote the idea of ranked choice voting. This is before I came across star voting, mm -hmm. which I think is a better system. But I was promoting ranked choice voting and also trying to ensure that the Green Party kept its ballot line by getting a certain number of votes in a general election. Uh, what I, one thing I learned is that party label matters a lot. 
if you got the Green Party label, there's a certain percentage of votes you're almost guaranteed, but you're not going to get much more than that. Sure, it's like the 4% or whatever. There was a guy who ran as the Independent Party candidate. He did no campaigning, and he didn't have any particular qualifications. I, I put a, you know... Put out my positions there. I went to a lot of um, public meetings and, and gave talks and all that kind of stuff. But my percentage of the vote was less than his. And my percentage of the statewide vote was almost exactly that as our senatorial candidate and our presidential candidate, Jill Stein. So what that told me is it didn't make much difference what the candidate did. The label yeah. makes a lot so of So they're just going by the party line. They like independent. They like the word independent. They'll vote for that. They, yeah. they like what the Greens stand for. They'll vote for the Green Party. Or the biggest examples are Democrats and Republicans. They'll vote for whoever their candidate is. See, that's why now, I mean, and I just, because I, in the general election 2016, I didn't vote. You know, mm-hmm. I I actually voted for Bernie Sanders. You didn't even vote for me then, huh? Well, yeah. You know, and that, like you say, um, the stigma of Green Party for me, I'm not going to lie, in, in as of up until this conversation <laughs> has been like, I don't want to waste my vote. Now in the president, I vote basically down the line. What I, what I determined a lot of the people I supported as I looked for some women's organizations that mm-hmm. mattered to me because I knew what Supreme court would be changing. I, I, I learned so much and I regret it to be honest that I didn't just vote for Hillary. I'm not completely, I go back and forth on this though, because, because <laughs> well, for, you're, you're offered bad options. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put yeah. It and it sucks because You know, so, I mean, I've seen some stuff that you supported Jill Stein in the 2016 election and worked, you know, with the Green Party. So obviously that's kind of going that line. Do you find, what do you say to the people that say that it's people like you and me that didn't support Hillary that got Trump elected? What what would you say to that? I think it's Hillary Clinton's failure to win enough votes. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, that's the primary thing. If you win an election by getting votes, and if you can't get the votes, you can't complain about people who didn't vote. I 100% agree. And it's coalition building. That's what James Barber has taught me in the last, you know, year and a half that I've been working with him. It's coalition building. It's like, how can we... It's her job to get our votes. It's not our job to automatically hand them to her. Exactly. And that's the, the why the I'm with her thing was such a disaster, that it's not about her. And that's where Bernie's, I've got a sticker up on my wall. It says but I did, a- I did have conflicts of conscience about this, too, because I knew in some states um, the vote would be very close. And Hillary Clinton would have been a better president than Donald Trump. In a lot of ways. I'm just not going to... I mean, uh, in a lot of ways. Because, yeah. The thing I worry about with her is... I mean, I think we already are almost at war with Iran, but if Hillary Clinton was president, we yeah. would be at war with Iran. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the Clintons, but no. um, Donald Trump is way down on my list. Of oh, her. yeah. And, the, and then the threat of four more years of it with one and a half branches of government is, is scary. If we still have a constitution at the end of that four years. Yeah, so... Well, Alan, it's really cool to meet you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is neat. And I really, really want people listening to this to check out socialadvance.org. Like I said, the, sh- the link will be in the show notes. And, you know, you do some really cool things. Oregon News and Views. I like the, the amount of time. Most of the videos are what? Between like They're pretty short. five and 20 minutes, you know. Yeah. And, and there's, there's always... It's great because you touch on stuff just like the local news would do. But you do it independently, and so you, you uh-huh. know, you guys aren't skewed. I don't. It doesn't come across the the little bit that I've watched. It doesn't come across like you're towing a partisan line at all. It comes across as doing the news. Well, we're the, towing the line is our own line, <laughs> which is fair. We have our own interests. Yeah. How long have you been working with Charles? 
Uh, just uh, the, the the year or so that we've been doing the show. Oh, is it that fresh? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I met him maybe a year before that when he was one of the people that got excited about the idea I was proposing. And he's, he does his podcast every week. Yeah. So he has What is his million. podcast? It's called A Wider View. Okay. And you can find it on widerviewradio.podbean.com. I know that because we say that every week at the end of right. our show. And I'm sure he's probably on all of the... Yeah, he does interviews with political figures. Right. And uh, so... I'll have, to, I'll have to talk to him too. So I appreciate you doing this. Well, and thank you I'm for gonna, having me. I'm going to be giving you guys a lot of plugs in the coming months with, with what you guys are doing. And maybe I can help out in some way to create a call of action to get people to do... If you still have that that vision of getting people across the state to mm-hmm. do some video i think it's a great idea yeah well we'll see where it takes us so you know i'm gonna end it with a song i always do and i chose this song it's called you versus me and this is self-esteem about willie and i'm going through a transformation <laughs> right now as, as a lot of you are aware does it involve surgery no no uh fortunately <laughs> no no um yeah I'm, I'm i'm making new music under the name patty rose but this is one of the ones i released under the name self-esteem but willie off of my album timestamp and it's called you versus me and it talks about you know how we lost community and as a society to how we lost common ground Mm. you know and i thought that that it's so funny to me the libertarian socialist because to me that's almost an oxymoron Mm -hmm. but that's that i think that there's a lot more people that would fall under that Mm-hmm. title than than would want to admit well, let me hasten to say social advance is not necessarily a libertarian socialist organization sure and that's you as an individual that's, that's me that's a good distinction to yeah. make but the, the people in the organization are definitely left word leaning <laughs> i mean that's the thing i noticed with what you had talked about on our revolution lane county and i know you're just kind of you had said you're not specifically involved you're not an admin mm-hmm. or whatever on that i don't believe no i was involved in it but they meet on saturdays and we do our show on saturdays so yeah, last right. year it's been tough but that's kind of it's interesting how social media works because i had started you became on someone that was on my radar after i did the episode about star voting mm-hmm. and i started seeing your comments and then as as more videos that you'd created it's funny because you look at a profile picture and it's so small that mm-hmm. you make these uh, assumptions about someone and it's you're completely different than i initially oh, really? thought, which is kind of interesting you know what did you think i'd like to know well, I mean, I thought with I the think st- my profile picture is like five years old. Sure, or more. no, but, and it's it's not a negative thing. I, the star voting thing and some of the comments I had ori- originally seen, and I just wasn't aware. I thought um, initially you would be more conservative, which which I'm talking about. Um, uh, you know, and our revolution Lane county is a Bernie Sanders thing. Yeah. It took a while for you to endorse full, uh, like openly on this go around or whatever. But uh, just the way that you guys would engage, you know, Sarah Wolf and you guys were uh-huh. different areas completely, but there was things that you found common ground. Uh-huh. And she had mentioned some things about why she admired working with you or whatever on Facebook, because she had talked about uh, how you had different views, basically, and how, how it came together. So I just made an assumption, I'm not going to lie, hmm. where I was like, oh, I think that this is neat because it's, it's bringing people for more of a conservative. I put people in boxes, unfortunately, uh-huh. in that way. And so now that I've gotten to know your work a little bit more, it's kind of cool to actually see the actual, you know, mm-hmm. uh, way that I would define it, I guess. And, yeah. and you've done a good job of that today. Well, thank you very much. So, so yeah, this is me, Self-Esteem Boat Willie, with uh, you versus me. Alan, thanks a lot. Sure. There was a time that we laughed at all the same jokes. We would cherish integrity and recite unnamed quotes. 
We shared pride and rejected prejudice. At least tried to not act incredulous. Found solace in all of us and celebrated our differences. Now we find our tribes and keep our distances. Getting ridiculous, actually we are way past that. We are afraid that our families might ask that. Burning question fountain in your head at Thanksgiving dinner. Is either side moral? If we all are sinners, yes, non-believers can have a moral compass. Are we loving anyone if we let labels judge us? Our stubborn predisposition won't allow us to budge cause our party just won't allow it. How did it get so divided? How did we end up separated? How did we get hit uptight and angry and jaded? Faded away, a hope for prosperity. Random acts of kindness are rarity. It's easy to see the decline of the dream. One nation split on opposing teams. Divide and conquer, they said. Nothing more obscene than censoring free speech Nothing more safer than a book the government can teach There are obstacles of artistry Plots unfold eventually behind the scenes Depth and taxes are entering Servants swerving into traffic without their lights cast Observing nothing more than an iPhone 4 with cracked glass A flickering box of reverse symmetry It's all you versus me Than censoring free speech Nothing more safer than a book the government can teach There are obstacles of artistry Plots unfold eventually behind the scenes Depth and taxes are entering Servants swerving into traffic without their lights cast Observing nothing more than an iPhone 4 with cracked glass A flickering box of reverse symmetry It's all you versus me